Welcome to How You Pictured It, the podcast for creative entrepreneurs ready to grow their business in a way that feels good. Here you'll find actionable tips and tools to create the business and life you pictured. I'm your host, Kate Hyde with Dear Kate Brand Strategy. Let's get started. Welcome back to our series on websites here on How You Pictured It. I am excited to join you today and tell you a little bit more about the pages that you need for your website. If you're just joining us for this series, the first two episodes have come out. The first one was all about why your website matters and how it helps your business grow. And the second was about how to get that strategic website from a custom site to a DIY site to just template customization. Um, We talked about all of the pros and cons of each and the um, cost and time associated with each as well. Today, we're going to be talking about the pages of your website. I've been doing a lot of website reviews lately, and one thing that I've noticed that kind of follows through from one to the other is that there is so much great information um, and good copy, but it's not necessarily in the right order, and it can be hard to follow and hard to find the information that you need to um, book from the client perspective. I've found when I've DIYed my own websites in the past, it can get really overwhelming to try to understand what goes where. I also know that a lot of the times we are constantly working on our websites, right? They're never really completely done. We're always adding things, adjusting things. And sometimes it feels like those puzzle pieces are just shoved in in the wrong places. So really what we have to do is get back to the purpose of each page and understand it from the viewer's perspective. When we DIY or really do anything in our business, I find that we can get too close to the situation to really see the whole picture. It's like standing inches away from Monet's water lilies. You see brush strokes only and don't see the big picture. Um, really, did you know that Monet's water lilies is like three and a half feet by seven feet? The like one that you see most commonly, he had a whole series of water lily paintings but the like most famous water lily painting is three and a half feet by seven feet. When you see that big picture, it's totally different. Like if you stand back from it and view it from a different perspective versus being the painter and seeing all of those little brush strokes um, and being really close to it. This episode is here to help you back up a little and think about what your customer is going through, what they need to know and how to get them from realizing they have a problem to realizing you're the solution to their problem and booking with you. The pages we're going to talk about today are the homepage, the about page, services pages, contact pages, and blogs. We, I have a few others that we'll talk about as we get towards the end, but these are the main ones. First, let's talk about the homepage. Now, I will say, as you work on your site, this is not necessarily the order that you want to work in. It can be easier to start in the middle and then go back and fill things out for the homepage, um, but I just want to walk through how most people will view your site. Um, And again, not all people will. Google will serve them a blog post when they search or, you know, your about page or service page, not always your homepage. So the homepage, this is like your storefront or your business card. We want to put like the most pertinent information here. We want to make sure that anyone visiting understands what you offer and if they're the right fit for this offer. We want them to feel seen. We want them to, to feel like we understand their problem and we can solve it. This is where you're really going to put your overarching brand message and value statements. You'll want to have your main offers here easily accessible. So typically what this looks like is a um, 
a headline at the top of the page and then uh, talking a little bit about the problem and then yourself as the solution and then showing what the solution is, what the three or four offers, your main offers are um, so that they can then click into those offers and learn more. After that, we'll put a brief bio or introduction to who you are. You want to give people some idea of who they're working with right from the beginning. People like to work with people. And especially if you are a small business owner, you're a small business personal brand, it's really important to have your face smiling right there on the homepage. Another thing we're going to talk about, you'll hear me talk about throughout this whole episode is testimonials and credibility. Um, I do not recommend having a testimonials page. I want you to sprinkle testimonials throughout your website. Having relevant testimonials throughout that show people what it's like to work with you will make it much easier for them to book. There are lots of ways that you can show credibility. Testimonials are one way. You can even have like screenshots of social proof. So comments on things or messages to you. Sometimes those can be more convincing than having a typed out testimonial. Other credibility is places that you've been featured, brands that you've worked with, um, people that you've worked with. You can use like stats of how many projects you've had and how many um, years you've been in business. Those things create some credibility as well. And we're going to, again, sprinkle those throughout our site. But we do want to make sure we have something on our homepage that shows our credibility. We also want to make sure that we have calls to action. Um, A call to action is really can be so many things. It's a button. It's a place for them to click telling them what to do next, right? It can be to sign up for an email list. It can be to get a freebie. It can be to learn more about you. It can be uh, to go into your different offers and get more details there, or it can be to contact you or book with you. We always want to make sure we have a call to action at the bottom of every page. Um, I also recommend having something in your footer that gives them another place to click as well. So again, for our homepage, we're really just giving them an overview of who we are, what we do, and who we help, and then leading them to find the right offer for them. Your homepage is really like a tour guide through your business. The next page we're going to talk about is the about page. It's actually usually the second page that someone visits on your site. So whatever page they land on first, the first thing that they click to from that page is going to be your about page most often. I do find a lot of people actually skip an about page and I would highly recommend you don't because it is something that's interesting to most viewers. They want to learn about who you are, about the business. Um, And I know that it can be overwhelming to write about yourself, but the good news here is that you don't have to write about yourself really. It's not just about you. It's more about how you help the person you're talking to and how you do it differently than other people do. This is really where we build our no like, and trust factor. I do find, though, that we have to start with the trust part of it. And often we start with like, hi, I'm Kate, or hi, welcome to my website. And really what we want to do here is talk more about seeing who they are, that viewer, Um, and understanding their problems and how you're going to solve them. And then we build in that more of like the no and the like um, factors. The trust factor comes first. You have to build the trust with them and, and get their attention before really telling them about yourself. The um, like and the no part of it are really where we build relatability and personality. 
And we kind of can do that through how we solve their problem um, differently than other people. For example, like on my photography website, I talk about how I'm a mom. And so I have those experiences of motherhood and I photograph motherhood and how I see motherhood. Um, But also I'm talking more about like how I know that they're experiencing stress um, and they want a stress-free photo session. What I really don't want you to do is start your about page with something like, hey, I'm Kate. I am a photographer. I love capturing moments. I love warm, sunny days and iced coffee. That's not what's happening here. Again, we really just want to build that trust and show them that we understand them from the very get-go. And then we can put in like some of those ways that we can relate. Like, Maybe they like iced coffee too. It's totally defined to have those things on your page, but I just want them further down. Um, The personal details, the uh, fun facts, they go further down on your about page than most people think. Um, Also, again, we want testimonials throughout and calls to action. We want to tell them where to go next and what to do uh, as they're visiting our site. We don't want people to have to scroll up to the main menu um, every time that they're ready to go somewhere else because a lot of the time they're just going to click away. If you're not telling them what to do next, they're going to get overwhelmed or confused and leave the site. All right, next let's talk about service pages. I find that a lot of DIY websites um, or websites that look a little less professional, this is one place where they really could make a big change. I think A service page is a newer concept to a lot of small business owners. We tend to group things by category like pricing, experience, testimonials, galleries, and we have individual pages for all of those things. Instead, I recommend having a services page though. This is a page where you can just like really lay it all out there and deep dive into an individual service, or it can be an overview of like multiple offers if they have like nearly identical target audiences or are very similar to each other. For example, um, with photography, it would be like if you offer newborn sessions and you offer both like in home and in studio, you can put those on the same page. Um, But having individual pages for each of your offers really gives you a place to uh, target the problems that that offer solves. Um, You can talk about the process here of how, what it's like to work with you, the experience. Um, You're talking again about the the problem and how your offer is the solution. You're letting people know what it's like to work with you. You'll also get into kind of the features and the benefits of working with you. Features are more things like the physical um, parts of something or like the what of it. So photography is always my easy example, but um, for photographers, it's like you get an hour of my time, you get use of my client closet, you get um, digital photos. For a copywriter, it could be something like you get um, a 300 word blog post, you get X number of revisions for a wedding planner. It could be something like you get eight hours of service, you get pre-planning, you get like, those are the things that you get like physically kind of. Um, And then the benefits are more things like, so that, so it's the easiest way I find to add the benefit to a feature is to say, so that. You get an hour of my time so that you can be comfortable 
um, and get the, the job done or whatever. Like I'm just spitballing here, but that's kind of the difference between features and benefits. Benefits, you want to talk about why that's important, why they want that and how it helps solve their problem. You're also going to likely put pricing here. I typically recommend having at least a starting price or a most people spend uh, price on a website. If you don't want to go into full pricing details, I totally understand that. But I do recommend having pricing of some sort so that people can understand if you are or are not possibly a right fit for them. I think not having pricing on a website at all uh, can make people feel like either you're too expensive for them without even knowing, you know, what the price is. They just automatically assume, like, for example, if you're at a fancy restaurant and something says market price, you probably don't even ask what the market price is because you just assume it's too much for you. It also makes it so that people who can't afford you are contacting you and that is extra work on your end, like replying to those people who obviously are not the right fit. They can't afford your services, your way out of their budgets. So having some kind of pricing there gives like an anchor and helps people understand uh, if they are a right fit or not. And it helps you get more qualified inquiries into your inbox. So you've got a website for your small business, but you're not really sure if it's working. I've got a brand new free resource that gives you a grade for your website, like old school report card. It's a super easy to use checklist. You'll go through, answer questions, and at the end, you'll get a grade for each page of your site plus your site overall. And you'll also get next steps to what you need to do to make your website convert and connect with your dream clients. So you have a site that sells your services for you and you can get back to life just how you pictured it. Head to DearKateBrandStrategy.com slash report card to get that free resource now. Again, we're going to share testimonials and credibility on this page. We're sharing some kind of proof here for what others have experienced with us. And um, it helps to have a client's words on your page uh, because it makes it easier for, for the, the viewer to understand a lot of the time we end up using jargon or words that are only um, specific to our industry and what we do, and they're not the words that a client would use themselves. Um, we want to make sure that we have uh, words that, that people are, one, searching for, and two, understand what they mean. I know, for example, again, back to photographers, but I, I think a lot of the time we use digital images, digital files. Um and this is a little less true now, but like when I started photography, nobody knew what that meant. Um, we didn't understand, like the clients didn't understand what a digital file, digital photo was. They were used to the um, prints and proofs and those physical things and didn't understand what a digital was. So you had to really uh, explain like, this is how you're getting your photos. This is, you know. This is a, a delivery method versus like the print and the product. So thinking through like the language, the words that you're using, if they're jargony and um, specific to you and to your business and for someone that knows a lot about your business versus what words the consumer is using. Again, using those, this testimonials helps you kind of see what words the, the end user is using to describe your services and it helps um, bring back the viewer into that world. Now for my photographers, my artists, um, anyone else who may have like a portfolio of work, web designers, I recommend showing your work 
here on your services page versus having a separate gallery page. Um, you want to sprinkle your images in your work throughout that page, show a lot of the what they get along with the service, the visuals of what they get um, and versus having a separate gallery page. The downfalls of a gallery page are one that when you have really like heavy photo only pages, it's slower to load. People are, don't like when a website loads slow, they'll click away from it faster, which brings down your ranking in Google. So having fast loading sites is important. Um, second, people don't always click to those pages. Uh, they don't necessarily like get the um, the idea of like viewing the work and understanding that each artist or uh, photographer or designer has a style um, and that you can see that from their portfolio, but having it mixed in with your services pages puts it again, more forefront to them. Um, they're more interested in the price and like the, the experience, honestly, than, than what your, your work looks like because they don't really understand the differences in style from one person to the next. The other thing about a gallery only page is there's typically not a lot of words on it, which means that Google has nothing to crawl. Um, putting your images and your work mixed in with more details about the work will help Google find that page. So let's talk about kind of the difference between a sales page and a services page. A sales page is typically a lot more persuasive um, and the the services page is more informative and has um, kind of like an overview of the offers. A sales page is going to be more targeted for one specific offer. It has a solitary goal in mind of getting that person to buy. It also typically doesn't have like header navigation to other offers or services or other pages because you really want to have a um, person make a buying decision right there on that sales page. Um, your services page can can link to like a freebie offer, an opt-in, um, as well as like booking information. So that's kind of the difference there between a sales page and a services page. A lot of you will have a mix of both services pages and sales pages for different offers, but also you can kind of like take some sales page like education and apply it to your services pages. And, and look through like what a sales page has and how can you apply that to your evergreen um, ongoing offers on your services pages. Again, make sure you have that call to action at the bottom of your page. Always tell them where to go next. Um, our next page that we're going to talk about is the contact page. I often see contact pages typically be pretty light. It's just a form. That's it. I would recommend having a few more things on your contact page. First, I want you to have, if you have a contact form, also have a way to have them contact you separate from that contact form. Have an email address, a phone number, um, some other way that they can contact you. Some people just don't like to fill out a contact form or the contact form doesn't really apply to them. I know a lot of the time we end up with like spam from this, but I would rather honestly have spam come through my email address then through my contact form and have it be in my CRM. I hate when there's like someone offering me editing or something in my leads in my CRM. I'd rather them send me an email. 
Um, but yeah, having a separate way for someone to contact you besides your contact form, because sometimes your contact form also breaks. Next, I would say having a next, I would say having a location is important. Even if you're serving people internationally, having your time zone or your like vague uh, location is important so that they know like when they're contacting you, say they're across the world, they know that you're in the mountain time zone or whatever. Um, You can also have your work hours here. Um, I recommend having a a note that says like how soon they can expect to hear back from you. I also recommend having your social media links here. This is also a great place to put some FAQs, frequently asked questions, um, because then like if they're landing on your contact page to ask you a question, if you've got your FAQs there, you're anticipating their needs and uh, answering questions that they might have before they even have to contact you, which is very helpful and people appreciate that. The last big page we're going to talk about is your blog. So not everyone has a blog. I understand that. I do highly recommend having a blog, though, because it is a great way to create content that is long form, um, has a, a home that you own, and then you can repurpose that content to, say, your social media um, or your email list. A blog is also wonderful for SEO, search engine optimization. Having fresh content often is something that Google likes and it helps you establish authority. So a blog is a great place to um, share information, share educational information. You can share more of your work here. Um, Back to that kind of gallery page thing. A blog is a great place to show what a full session might look like um, versus having a separate gallery page for a session. On your blog page, besides having your actual blog posts, I recommend having some kind of a sidebar or a blurb somewhere on that page that talks about who you are and what you do, how you help people. Um, Because a lot of the time Google will serve a blog post uh, as a search result, especially if you're blogging well and answering questions that people have. Um, Those pages will come up in search results more often because typically they're also more current and more fresh information. So having a way for people to contact you from your blog page and your blog posts is important. Um, Okay, so that covers our main pages. Um, Some other potential pages you might have are an FAQs page. Some people do have that as a separate page on their website. I also recommend, again, having it on your uh, contact page or you can have um, them throughout your services pages. Another option is to have an FAQs link in your footer. So for example, if you decide to put your FAQs on your contact page, you can still have a link to FAQs on in your footer that goes to that contact page, to that canvas or that section of that page. Another thing is opt-in pages or landing pages. So those are pages that um, specifically have a place for someone to put their email address in and sign up to your email list to get your freebie. Um, They can be longer form or shorter form um, pages. Typically, they don't have navigation to the rest of your site on them. They are just a page for people to opt in. And then the last one is thank you pages, especially if you're running ads uh, to your freebies. 
a thank you page is something where once they've opted into something, it redirects them to a thank you page. Um, then there's like Facebook pixels that show that someone landed on that thank you page. So it's a way for Facebook to tag who has opted in. Another use of thank you pages is after someone submits a um, inquiry, you can have a thank you page that tells them like what to expect next that pops up. And that can be really helpful as well. Um, Use of video on thank you pages is wonderful. Like letting them know, hey, thanks for inquiring. Uh, Here's what you can expect next. Gives them a little view of who you are and what you do. All right. So that should cover really the the majority of the pages on your website um, and tell you exactly where each thing goes. It's so important to be strategic as you design your website and choosing your pages. You don't want too many places for people to have to click to get the information they need. They won't do it. They'll get confused and overwhelmed um, and they'll leave your site. So making sure that you understand what someone needs to know from one step to the next to click through your site uh, and get the information they need to book is really huge. I hope this has been helpful in um, kind of laying it all out for you and understanding what goes where. In my course, the Website Launch Accelerator, you do get a framework for each page of your website, as well as copy templates for them uh, to help you kind of through what goes where. You also get information on like laying out what that client experience is and understanding who you're working with and what your business goals are to make sure that your website is strategic and helps you reach your goals. Next week is our final episode of this series, which is going to be on how your website fits into your overall marketing strategy. Excited to talk to you about that. If you have specific questions on anything we covered today or in the last two episodes, or if there's something you want me to cover in next week's episode, be sure to DM me on Instagram at Dear Kate Brand Strategy. I love to hear from you and I cannot wait to talk to you again. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast player. That helps me grow so much and I truly appreciate it. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you soon. <music>